0: Yo, pie. Check out Meet Mitch and Leewood for award-winning barbecue, outstanding atmosphere, and your destination to watch all your favorite March Madness action. Tailgating for opening day? Place your order online and pick up on way to the game. Meet Mitch Barbecue, East 95th and Mission, in Ranch Mart North Shopping Center.
1: This is a public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans... It is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection <laughs> of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce
0: myself. My name is O, O, H to the O-V. I used to move snowflakes. By the One hour to go before it's make
1: officially make the weekend. Here on The Pulse on Wichita sports leader. ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM also streaming on ESPNWichita.com. Tune in app and from your smart speaker. Tell your smart speaker to tune into to ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. I'm Pat Strothman. Oh, I blew it. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Pat Strothman. There you go. I feel like it's an incomplete show if I mess that up. Jack Johnson producing 316-669-4996. That's the hotline. Text line 316-247-0923. Twitter, ESPN Wichita, Pat Strathman, Johnny J underscore 15. Those are the handles that you should be following. And you should be already, you should already be liking and following our Facebook page at ESPNWichita92.3. And we also have Instagram, if you're into that sort of thing. I don't think I'm the best at Instagram. I don't think Darren the Intern is... All that great when it comes to Instagram. He's better at it than I think I am. And then there's Jack Johnson who's just clueless about Insta. Or am I wrong, Jack? Am I wrong? Am I right?
0: I don't really use Instagram now. Yeah.
1: It's it's different. It is very, very different. That's for sure. I'm still learning. I'm still learning about Insta. So all you youngsters out there, if you want to help a brother out, let me know. Maybe you can teach me a thing or two. Maybe Cake TV sports director Sully Angles can teach me a thing or two about Instagram. He'll be making a, another appearance on the show coming up at 325 or so. And then after that, we'll have Buy or Sell with Jack Johnson. I know he's already excited to play his song. And we'll have What's on Tap for this weekend. Brought to you by Wooshock Wheat, brewed by the wonderful people at the Wichita Brewing company all right hour number two it's time to kick off the second hour with one of our favorite segments of the week and that is final for friday the segment is brought to you by air quality control hey the weekend is here but air quality control is there for you seven days a week call 316-295-1195 295-1195. That's air quality control. Hit them up. If you need a little tune up for some of your systems, they are there for you. Basically 24-7. So use them. They're great people. Air quality control. Glad to have them as sponsors here for Final Four Friday on the Pulse. Four Twitter poll questions. If you missed them, check them out. Pat Strothman, ESPN Wichita. Those are the, the two. Those are the two main Twitter accounts to follow there when it comes to a Final Four Friday. Two questions involving the Chiefs, two questions involving college basketball, one with the Kansas Jayhawks, one with the Kansas State Wildcats. No surprise there. Final Four Friday, question number one. So we've been talking about the Chiefs and what their offseason plan is going to be. Brett Veach, general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, was asked about Orlando Brown Jr. He was asked about Frank Clark. Was he looking? Was he looking at in the NFL draft? He was also asked about Chris Jones, and basically he said, "We're going to do what's what's best for us," and so on and so forth. We want to extend him, but you got to look at it. Yada yada yada. So let's start with that. Final Four Friday question number one: What should the Chiefs do with Chris Jones? The only two options I have on here: extend him and trade him. If you were to extend him, then I would say that you're going to wave goodbye to someone like a Orlando Brown Jr. Wouldn't you even wouldn't you put LeJerry Sneed in this conversation too, Jack, if they were to extend Chris Jones? Because I do think you have to think about that. You also have Willie Gage Jr. that's coming up before too long. You're not going to keep everyone. Now, we found out that Brett Veach is a wizard when it comes to cap. He's done a pretty good job of that. At one point, we were talking about the Chiefs having, was it 170 bucks or something like that in the cap? It was something so small. But yeah, he was able to get some stuff done. And you're like, how is this even possible? Well, it turns out the guy knows a thing or two about the cap and how it really works. So if you were to extend Chris Jones, odds are he's going to get paid kind of like Aaron Donald. You would almost have to do that. We've had this conversation with Matt Derrick before of ChiefsDigest.com. Chris Jones, being right there in the middle, he makes everything work with the pressure for the Chiefs. You remove him from the equation, and the Chiefs are not nearly as effective. You can go and draft an interior defensive lineman, which we talked about that yesterday. One guy from Clemson that looks really attractive, but I don't know if he's going to be around for pick number 31, 32, whatever it might be. So you could get a rookie and try to capitalize on that. Frank Clark, more than likely, he's probably done unless they find a way to have him restructure the contract once again. George is a rookie. Mike Dana has done a, a pretty good job. Colin Saunders, not that bad. But I think Colin Saunders is a free agent, I believe, here for this offseason. So that's something to watch, too, to say the least. So you look at Chris Jones, I think he makes a lot of the stuff work for Kansas City on that defensive side. You take him away from that that puzzle, and it's just not not the same. It's just not. But if you do extend him, it's going to cost. I don't know if we, if it would be longer than the three-, four-year deal. I don't think it would. But the longer that you do it, you're going to have a little bit more flexibility. It's just the way it goes. If you trade him, the obvious things that you get is draft capital. The question becomes, what is Chris Jones really worth? You're probably not going to get a first-round draft pick out of them. Second, maybe. Maybe a couple seconds. Maybe a second and a third. You have to wonder if the juice is worth the squeeze. But if you get more draft capital, if you have 13 draft picks, then you can wheel and deal a little bit in this year's draft. Last year, they traded up for Trent McDuffie. at pick 21. Would they consider trading away some of those draft picks to go and jump up to top 15 if they can. I don't know if they could, but the more draft picks you have, there's a little bit more flexibility with the Kansas City Chiefs when it comes to that. I just don't know what the value is going to be for a Chris Jones in the market because he's not getting any younger. But he's also approaching a Hall of Fame type of career, type of argument at least. So, Chris Jones, it's kind of an interesting conundrum there for the Chiefs. Extend him or trade him? I still think you do extend him because he does mean that much in the middle. I think you have to. But there's also that chance of, of Brett Feach going, Hey, Tyreek Hill costs too much. Got to get rid of him. Get more draft picks, get younger as a, as a roster. And that's what Brett Feech did. And he hit on all those draft picks. He hit on all of them outside of one, maybe two, depending on how you look at things. But I would say outside of, outside of one, the Chiefs draft class was pretty darn good. So I'm going to go, I am going to go with extend him is going to be the popular answer here because let's be real. He's a Chief and Chiefs fans want to see him. So I'm going to go extend him, is what people are thinking. And it's probably pretty lopsided. So let me go with 77%. Let's go with that. 77% people are saying Chiefs need to extend him.
0: 83% said they should extend Chris Jones. Okay, then. 83 I'm assuming you're part of the
1: 83.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's a reason now to trade him. I also don't think the value is going to be – it's high for a guy like Chris Jones, but I think when you're looking for – it's not the... a
1: first. If he can't get a no. first,
0: what's the point? It's not a first, and if it was a first, that would pretty much be the only pick you're getting.
1: Yep. Agreed. Well, speaking of trades, that brings us to Final Four Friday, question number two. Although i got to say real quick before I move forward, I know we have a, a guy on Twitter. His name's Ash. And, Ash, you said you don't just get rid of one of the best defenders in the NFL. You don't have to trade literally every single player due for a payday. And you're you're right. But this is also Brett Veach who's looking at the overall picture of a 10-year window trying to make it worth it for the Chiefs. I, I get what Ash is saying, but you do have to be selective. If you extend Chris Jones... Am I wrong saying that Legereus Snead wouldn't be in that conversation of letting him go, Jack? I almost think I almost think they would because he's due for a payday,
0: right? Yeah, I think it's uh, certainly in the conversation to extend a guy like Legereus Snead because he is your number one cornerback, and number one cornerbacks don't really grow on trees and fall off them right into your lap,
1: right? So you think of that, but if you say yes to Chris Jones, you got to make sacrifices somewhere, man. Like that's the way it goes. You can't keep a a full roster of of your dudes. That's that's not how the NFL works. They have limits. They can't go out there and spend as much money as possible like baseball and just make it work. That's not how it works in the NFL. you got limitations, and you have to make tough decisions, which is why the Chiefs, they're looking at Orlando Brown Jr. They're looking at Juju Smith-Schuster. They're looking at... Chris Jones, they're looking at Le'Jarius Snead in the future. Travis Kelsey still have to look out for. Shall I continue? They have stuff that they have to worry about. But that's why Brett, Be- Brett Beach is the general manager. That's why he gets paid to make those decisions. And we'll see if he makes this decision. Final Four Friday, question two. This news came about yesterday and it involved the Kansas City Chiefs potentially trading for a wide receiver. That wide receiver is DeAndre Hopkins of the Arizona Cardinals. He is being linked to the Chiefs. Should Kansas City trade for him? Yes or no, pretty simple. And I want to point out the couple comments here. One being Ash, as much as I love them too, money probably won't work out in the Chiefs' favor. A good friend, Jeffrey, He said, I was listening to you guys talk about this yesterday, and I thought the good thing for the Chiefs fans is they can absolutely, they can be absolutely secure. The Chiefs can show interest, but will not overpay. There is a sense of calm to that, and most teams do not have that. And I absolutely agree. There is that that calmness there a little bit. It's nice to, to kick the tires around. It's nice to do that. It's okay to show interest. But the Chiefs, they understand what what's going on here. They understand what they what they got. There there is a sense of calmness to that, to where all right, well DeAndre Hopkins is going to be paid all this money. That's that's great. He wants to, all this cash be the top receiver, wherever it might be. But at the end of the day, I think Kansas City understands. Well, look at the Tyreek Hill situation. It's like you trade for him, and DeAndre Hopkins is looking for for this. Well, the Chiefs, they are definitely in a position to go, eh, that's not worth it. And I don't know if it's really all that worth it anyways for that matter. I know Jack, he had stuff pulled up yesterday when the news came about. <laughs> he was ready to rock and roll with the DeAndre Hopkins stuff. Do we know if DeAndre Hopkins, first and foremost, Jack, do we know that he won't be suspended next year? Would you take that chance on a guy who got suspended for the first six games last year? Uh, how, I don't know if I would I don't know if I would even take a risk just based on that. That alone, I don't know if I would take the risk of that.
0: Well you think about what he did in nine games. He had over seven hundred receiving yards, which is more than Marquez Valdez Scantling had over sure. the course of a seventeen game regular season schedule. Uh he sure. is a guy that'll be on the wrong side of thirty, but that also yep. may play into your, your your benefit there because you're getting a guy that's not gonna be able to get the big time money like Tyreek Hill did when he was 27, 28. Like I think DeAndre Hopkins could get to the point in his career where he goes, I was in a terrible organization for three years. I was also in a worse organization before that in Houston. (laughs) Maybe I want to go and ring chase here than than sit there and try to make the big-time money because I've already done that. Uh, You know, I think that is going to be maybe a changing thing in the NFL as you're going to see some top guys start going ring chasing, not so much in the way the NBA does it where you go and form super teams, but DeAndre Hopkins isn't getting any younger, and he's still proven last year – Without Kyler Murray, for that matter, that he can still be a number one wide receiver. So I think the Chiefs can entertain it. But again, if they're asking for anything more than a second round pick or multiple second round picks, I don't think I'd bite on it.
1: But you know, but do you hear what I'm saying though about the PED stuff? Like, would you even take a entertain that? I, I know would. it's not because I think that that's something you have to factor in. Uh, I'm not saying that he's going to be a repetitive abuser, but you do have to factor something. You have that. You have to look at that a
0: little bit. Well look at the way the, the Chiefs played through their first six weeks. Let's let's say that he right. know, gets to spend over the first six games. I mean, if I'm Kansas City, I'm okay with that. I think you get to the first six games at four and two. Hell, even if you're three and three <laughs> and then you get a number one wide receiver coming back uh for the rest of the season. So I think that his, it'd be his worth cap
1: it. hit his cap hit is $30.75 30, $30. Mm-hmm. $30. dollars. That's a cap hit is 30.75. His base salary for 2023 at age 31 would be 19.45 million dollars. 2024, his cap hit would drop to 26.215 mil and you have the base salary at 14.9 million dollars. I think the, the interesting question is the Juju Smith Schuster
0: situation.
1: Didn't you say that you'd be okay if it was Juju Smith-Schuster about what twelve to fifteen million dollars a year? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, twelve to fifteen would be I think right in the wheelhouse for Juju.
1: Okay, so DeAndre Hopkins would be basically between fifteen and, and twenty mil for two years. That type of thing, and he's thirty-one years old. I guess that's a good way to look at it too, right? Because Juju's younger. So if you get between 12 and 15 mil and make that work, that's great. I don't know if if that's going to be the case or not. I haven't looked at the projections. I did see the projections for McCole Hardman, and Kansas City better let him walk <laughs> because the the contract's not looking that great. In my opinion, for the Chiefs, that would not be a good contract for the Chiefs, for McCole Hardman. I would not be on board with that. So I would hope that they're going to put their attention on Juju Smith-Schuster. And DeAndre Hopkins, we saw the report, it's not going to be first round Second round, maybe. If it's a second and a third, take a risk on this guy. I don't know. At the end of the day, we've already seen what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do without a top receiver, in in, our, in my opinion. And he's been able to – he showed us what, what he was able to do last year without a top receiver. I wouldn't take the, the, the risk. But at the end of the day, it's a two-year contract That's so what you're looking at. Two-year contract. The cap hits are the ones that you really have to sort of look at, too, when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins. Take a two-year rental on DeAndre Hopkins and be okay with it? I love how you bring up the whole ring-chasing thing. I'm still sitting here waiting to see when that first that first domino falls of, of someone that is going to take a pay cut to go play with Patrick Mahomes. But I guess we haven't seen it yet, Jack,
0: have we? Or am I wrong? I don't think we have. Um I, I mean I wouldn't I don't think say we, have. we really have. I think you've seen some guys decide to go there and maybe take a one year prove it deal like Juju. I mean Juju Like Juju, for, right. Yeah. I mean I wouldn't see say that we've gotten a guy yet that was primed to get, you know, eighteen to twenty million and then yeah, took correct ten to twelve yeah. for Kansas City.
1: And I wonder and I wonder, is it possible that you trade for DeAndre Hopkins and rework a contract? Restructure it? Absolutely. So, I mean there's different options here. I, I just don't think it depends on the price tag. I just think with DeAndre Hopkins, after seeing what Patrick Holmes did last year, I'm not going to, to be pushing for someone to go out and get a get a top receiver. Kadarius Toney is in your back pocket. I'm not trying to say Kadarius Tony's a number one. Just saying Kadarius Tony's there. Sky Moore's definitely not a number one. Might not even be a number three, depending on how you look at it. I'm sure they're going to re-sign Justin Watson because he's going to be cheap. Julius Smith Schuster is the the one you do have to have a, a wide receiver, though. You got to have someone there. But we've also seen Patrick Mahomes make everyone else around him better. So I bet you this is going to be closer than I think. After thinking about the entire picture here, this is going to be close. I'm going to say no, though. No by 54%.
0: How about this? Over 50 votes? We do not have a leader. It is 50-50 exactly. (laughs) Of
1: course. Nicely done, people. Final four Friday, question number three. It's brought to you by Air Quality Control. I know we got to hustle because we got Sully Ingles coming up. Kansas won the Big 12 championship outright. Would you consider this Bill Self's best coaching season? It's one of those things... The knee-jerk reaction, talked about that before. But really, when you think about it, Big 12, the toughest it's ever been. He lost two NBA players in Christian Brown and Ochai Abaji. David McCormick was big. Remy Martin, rental from Arizona State, no longer there. You turn your keys over to Jalen Wilson, who last year, before the DUI situation, Weren't the people that we talked to? He was the best player, the best player for Kansas, and then that threw him off completely. Then you have uh, you know, Jalen Wilson this year having that Ochai leap, but didn't know if that was expected. Grady Dick, you just never know with freshman, Dewan Harris, was he gonna take the next step? KJ Adams, I don't think we saw KJ Adams develop so quickly. I don't think anyone expected that. And then you take a rental on Kevin McCuller. I think the argument could be made that this is Bill Self's best coaching season. Now, you're forgetting all the other seasons. I'm still marveling at what he did in 2011-2012 when he was able to take a, a team like that all the way to the national championship. I didn't think that that team had any chance going to a national national title. There's no way. I thought the ceiling was Sweet 16. And Bill has had some... More talented teams fall short, obviously. So I still marvel at what happened in 11-12, but I do think this year you can make an argument for it. My guess is we'd like to have a knee-jerk type of reaction in today's day and age, so I'm going to go yes. That's going to be the answer, 57%.
0: Well, I will say, okay, so you deleted that. Okay, so, yeah, it was 57%. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, it, I, I
1: did. I had to delete it because yes. I didn't include the actual poll. <laughs> yes,
0: but I got it now. 53% said, yes, Kansas, uh, okay. you would consider that Bill Self's best
1: coaching season. Okay, good. Sorry, Jack. I know. I messed it up for everyone. Last but not least, then we got a boogie. Final Four Friday, question four. What's the ceiling for this case statements basketball team? Final Four, Elite Eight, Sixteen, round of 32. I'm going to go. Elite eight is going to be the answer. Let's go, Elite eight.
0: Um, Elite eight, forty-two percent, fourteen percent said round of thirty-two, eighteen said Sweet Sixteen, twenty-nine said Elite eight, and thirty-nine percent said Final Four. Thirty-nine said Final Four. They did. Holy smokes! I got a lot
1: of K State people that pay attention. <laughs> got a lot of K-State fans that like this Wildcat team. Look, C.J. Moore, his analysis yesterday sold me. He makes a very valid point. When you have two of the best players on the floor on your team, you're going to be in every game. And K-State does have that Marquis Noel and Keontae Johnson. I truly do believe that. He made a valid point. And Jerome Tang continues to be awesome. So... There you go. Final Four Friday, continue to vote on Twitter, ESPN, Wichita, or Pat Strothman. Final Four Friday brought to you by Air Quality Control. Up next, Cake TV Sports Director Sully Angles here on The Pulse on ESPN Wichita.